Brothers and sisters, happy Sunday. Kinfolk, let us pray. Almighty God, guide our hearts back into your presence and lead us by your word. Amen. Prayer is the most powerful force in the universe. And I say this a lot. You know, I hope you have heard me say it, I hope. It should be the first thing that you do in any given situation. First, pray. Always start with prayer. Pray. And then, you know, pick up the phone and call your elected representative. <laughs> pray. And then schedule that doctor's appointment you've been putting off. Pray first. And then take a deep breath and admit to your spouse that you were wrong. And that you're sorry. Pray. Take a deep breath. Pray. And then walk through that hospital door room. Visit your beloved. You're out in, the, you're out in your boat. You're out in a boat in the middle of a lake on a beautiful day. You catch a bunch of crappies and sunfish. You're doing great. You're in the middle of a lake. But you've got trouble. You've got trouble. You're going to pray, you're going to pray, and then you're going you're gonna to lay your hands on that old outboard motor and pray. Pray that it starts. Because you know that God's not going to suddenly make a pair of oars appear because you, you left the oars over there on the shore. You need that outboard motor to start. You're going to pray and then pull that cord again and see what happens. Prayer is good and prayer is worthwhile. It's always worth it to pray. When I was an ambulance medic uh, in, 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 over in Palestine, in the West Bank, when I wasn't driving, I'd be riding in the back of the box. And the men that I rode along with would pray together. Fi'arabi, I didn't speak the language. They prayed in Arabic, but I knew they were praying. They would pray together beneath the wail of the siren on the way to wherever we were going. And they would wrap their arms around each other to pray, not just so that they wouldn't be bounced all over the back of that cab, but so they could be close to one another when they prayed and prayed and prayed. I think that we often undervalue prayer. More likely, we, I think more likely we, we kind of dismiss it because of what um, some evangelical Christians have kind of made it into. A lot of Americans have taken prayer out of its rightful context and they've cheapened it and simplified it. And it seems today that in popular culture and TV preachers and whatever, prayers seems to have two, two functions, neither of which are really in the Bible. At first, folks pray to get whatever they want, like whatever they want. Um, they don't pray for what God wants. They pray for what they want. Well, that's idolatry. That's just self-worship. And they pray for what they think is going to make themselves happy. As if, as if they have any idea on earth what's going to make them happy. Well, as if we know better than God. I mean, as if God is like a cosmic vending machine and you put your little prayer in the slot and then you get a can of Coke up the bottom. The other thing they do that bothers me sometimes, though, is that they pray in order to, con to c kind of convert other people to their way of thinking. Uh, that isn't how 
conversion works. It definitely isn't how prayer works. Uh, you're not just praying that you get what you think you want, but you're praying that other people agree with you about all the stuff that's in your head. That's like a, a double bad prayer. It's self-serving. How many, of, how many of us here have ever heard somebody duck out of a painful conversation or confrontation with the words, well, I'll, I'll pray for you. I'll pray for you. So we'll walk away. We know what they mean, right? They, they either just don't want to solve the problem or, or they're saying, in effect, okay, listen, me and God are over here. And you're over there. Right, God? They're going to look over their shoulder and there's, Jesus is going to be there right behind them. Like, that's right. Yep. <laughs> They'll pray for the specific things that they think that they want or they're going to pray that others behave in the way that they think is best. The great reformers of our church, the traditions upon which our church was built on 500 years ago, were not real big on intercessory prayer. They'd been burned by it. Indulgences, other things, paying for priests to pray for you. There was a lot of funny business going on. So intercessory prayer, they kind of put that in the penalty box. They thought of prayer, Luther, Calvin, the greats, they thought of prayer primarily as a way of praise and thanksgiving. Pray to praise God and pray to give thanks, and that's sufficient. And I believe them too. Listen, if the only prayer that you ever pray for the rest of your life are just the words, thank you. You can have a very rich and meaningful spiritual life. Now, in, uh, in the Bible, in the New Testament especially, but also frequently in the Old Testament, people pray for faith. People pray for faith. Think about that. Uh, faith isn't something that you get all on your own. It requires the Holy Spirit. Faith comes from God. And they believe that people with faith in God lead righteous and good and fulfilling lives. So, so it's good to pray that God would give you more faith. We're up to two solid prayers, right? Thanks and give me faith. Those are two good biblical prayers. All right, Pastor, but I have a headache that has been bothering me for a week, and I really want my headache to go away. Have you tried Advil? Well, okay. I want to pray on it. This takes us into the book of James, James the Just. James likes to talk about prayer. I love James because he is very practical and pragmatic. If you're sick, he says, get together with your friends and pray. Maybe not if you have COVID. But he was talking about a different kind of sickness. He says, if you have this ailment, this chronic thing, get together with your friends and pray. The prayer of the faithful will save the sick. Well, so, will it make my headache go away? That's not exactly what James says. He says, by prayer you'll find salvation and be healed. But it's nonspecific. Healing for James is arousing of the spirit. Arousing of the spirit. So if we have this chronic headache pain, we gather with our friends, we're reminded that despite this pain, we are loved, 
Our spirits are lifted by their presence, even in our suffering. Because there's nothing worse than suffering alone, right? The prayers of an equitable person give spiritual healing and comfort. But God, I really, really want my headache to go away. I mean, I do too, and so does I expect God. And starting with prayer will give you focus and wisdom. But the reality is that prayer changes us and not God. Who knows the mind of God beside Jesus Christ? God clearly doesn't want us to suffer. But God is unwilling to deprive us of our liberty and freedom, even if that means that part of our life is spent suffering. And it appears, based on who God is in Jesus Christ, that it's better to suffer in life than to become some kind of a puppet, an empty shell, a program, a robot, subject to the whims of, of God. So why pray? Because, Jesus says, because James says, because it helps. It helps. It's always helped. I know that many of you were praying during the hearings these past weeks in Washington, D.C. At least I hope that you were. I was praying. I was praying for us. I was praying for our country. I was praying that I wouldn't simply be given over to a spirit of vindictiveness and anger. That whatever happens to us after this, we remain a people of hope, a people willing to experiment, a people willing to push forward. Listen, I still remember, oh, those few years ago when it was a Michigan marriage that went before the Supreme Court that finally gave rise to marriage equality in this country. Now, I know it's in danger again now. And I knew people back then who had been waiting 50 years to have their marriages recognized. And we prayed. We prayed back then. We really did. We prayed for each and every single justice of the Supreme Court, no matter how we felt about them. We didn't pray that they would somehow that they would somehow think the way that we think or believe exactly the way that we believe. But rather, we wouldn't pray that God would take away their free will. We just prayed that God would be merciful and give them wisdom and faith. And on the day that the Supreme Court finally brought the laws of our country in line with the Constitution of our country, one of our local politicians in that town he showed up that morning at my church. And we stood in front of the altar of that church and we said together a prayer of thanksgiving to God. Wisdom, thanksgiving. This is prayer for good measure. Okay, now I know there's some of you out there thinking, all right, pastor, I will pray for whatever you think I ought to pray for just so long as you don't make me pray out loud. This is an issue in some churches. I've, it's not really bad. I haven't even seen that... Um, you know, most folks here at St. John's are perfectly comfortable praying out loud for the benefit of, of kinfolk. Y'all don't really seem to have a problem with that. I think it might be your German heritage. Um, so in just a minute, I'm going to randomly select five of you to uh, come up here and offer up a public prayer uh, this morning during worship. Okay, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I wouldn't do that to you. <laughs> Did it make you a little nervous, though? Yeah. All right. I know things are stressful right now in our country. Today, I want you to leave this worship service knowing how to pray 
for yourself, for others, at the drop of a hat, in your heart, or out loud if you have to, in front of a thousand people. So if you don't, if you are a type of person who does not like to pray out loud, get out a pen or a pencil or something and take notes, okay? This is what I use with little kids to teach them how to pray. And I'm going to even simplify it a little bit more than that. But this is all I want you to think of when you want to pray. Who? Why? What? Why? Amen. Not who, what, where, when, why, when, and how. Who, why, what, why, amen. That's it. That's it. If you can get good at this, you pray at any time. Okay, first, who? Who are you praying to? Who are you praying to? Well, come on, pastor to God, obviously. Well, are you sure about that? I mean, don't you ought not go around lifting up prayers unless you're sure of who you're praying to. Because first of all, there's like a bazillion gods out there you could be praying to. I mean, you don't want to accidentally send up a prayer to Zeus or Krishna, like some Aztec war god or something. I'm professionally unqualified uh, to tell you how any of them might respond. Be clear about who you're praying to. God in heaven? God in Jesus Christ. A lot of the evangelical types these days, they start every single prayer with Father God. And they just throw in a lot of Father Gods. They kind of sprinkle Father God kind of liberally throughout the whole thing. And what, that's okay. That's one way, I guess. Um, but I'd like to talk to God's other nature. God's Sophia. Mother. Mother God. Mother Creator, help me. Figure out who you're praying to. That's the who part. Who. Next, why. Why are you praying to them? This is important. If you can't think of a single good reason why you should pray to God, then what are you doing it for? Why pray to them specifically? God, um, you hung the stars in the sky at the beginning of creation. That's pretty. That's very poetic. Uh, but let's say that uh, you're stuck in traffic, okay? And you've got to get somewhere fast. Okay. Scratch that, because nobody is ever in traffic. Nobody's ever been stuck in traffic, because you are traffic. Um, let's say that you're participating in a traffic jam. God, you think, God, hey, God, you know, you did part the Red Sea that one time. Okay? <laughs> you did make a path in the wilderness. You made crooked ways straight, God. You leadeth the righteous to their reward. Okay. Why are you praying to God? God, you love me. God, you promised you would always be with me. God, when I was baptized, you, you promised you'd be with me. You heal our hearts made heavy by the world. God, you are wise beyond measure and compassionate beyond understanding. Who are you praying to? Why are you praying to them? Then what? Well, that should be the easiest part, right? What, what's, what's, what, what, what do you want? What do you want? Well, what do you want? This is like when you get a phone call from an unknown number and the person on the other phone says, Hello, Mr. Dannison. Uh, I say, what do you want? And they say, I'm calling you because your vehicle's warranty is about to expire. And you say, ah, well, click, you know, right? That may be well and true, but what do you want? Imagine you're calling God. 
God, you say, that's how you dial God's number. Jehovah, Yahweh, Creator, Almighty God. God says, yes, hello, God. You say, you are the God that in the time of Noah washed the earth with the waters of the flood. And yes, God says, you've got the right God. That's me. Yes, correct. And you say, um, and God says, what do you want? <laughs> yeah, I get caught up there a lot in my prayer life. Reaching and reaching and reaching for the presence of God, nearness of God so hard so long that when it dawns upon me, I completely forget what I was going to ask for. So I might throw out one of the defaults. Increase my faith. Right? Or uh, thank, thank you. God says, well, that's okay. Goodbye. <laughs> Sometimes I'll just say, give me wisdom, God. That's a good one. The what is what you're praying for in your life. For your companions, for your church, for your nation, the world. What? Now hold on a second, Pastor Nathan. You said at the beginning, we shouldn't pray for what we want. Okay, well this is why, you, so this is why I have this, the next part. Right. Listen closely. Who are you praying to? Why did, why'd you pick them? Why are you praying to them? What do you want? And then why? Why should God grant you this thing? That's it. Explain yourself. Explain yourself. Like a child asking for a bicycle for Christmas. Dad, buy me a bike. <laughs> why? I ask. Because Travis has a bike. Well, Travis jumped off a bridge. Would you jump off a bridge? No, but all, listen, all my friends have bikes. Well, if all your friends jumped off a bridge, would you jump off a bridge? But now I say, hang on a second, Dad. If I'm on a bridge with all of my friends and they all jump off the bridge at once, I'm going to give some serious thought to jumping off of that bridge. I'm just thinking, uh, okay, I'm rabbit trailing here. I want a bike, Dad so that I can get a job delivering newspapers in the morning. I want a bike so that I can get myself to school in the morning and then you don't have to drive me anymore. Hmm? Those are some more convincing answers. You're starting to sell me a little bit on this bicycle idea. Why should you get what you're asking for? The basics are easy. God, creator of the heavens and the earth, increase my faith so that I can follow Jesus today. Amen. God, eternal spirit, give me wisdom so that I can do your will. Amen. Now it does get tricky when you start asking for something. God who parted the Red Sea, help me get out of this traffic jam that I'm participating in so that I can be on time to my really boring job that I don't really like anyway, that I think I need. Uh, okay, no, that's not a good one. God, get me out of this traffic jam because I, sh well, I really should have planned ahead and left the house earlier, I guess. No, it's not, that's not gonna work. Um, God, please help me find a way out of this traffic jam because my friend is very sick. And I really want to get to them quickly so that I can participate in lifting their spirits. 
Well, that's, that's a prayer worth praying. God, I prayed you, you who ordained the building of the great temple of Solomon, help our church, help St. John's church thrive and succeed. Why? Why? So that we might use this beautiful place to serve the poor. Um, so that your name can be glorified through us. So that we can continue to share your good news with the people who've been told no by so many other churches, God. So that your will can be done. Help it go well, God. God, who is an eternal parent, help us get home safely today so that we can continue to serve you in our lives and families this coming week. Holy God, Jehovah, you who raised our Savior from death, help me overcome my fear of death so that I might never hesitate to follow you. Who, why, what, why? Put that in your pocket. And this week, just try to do it three times a day, seriously. Muslims will pray five times a day. Auntie Sahida prays like... 65 times a day. I don't even know. I'm just asking you to do it three times a day. Who, why, what, why? God, eternal companion, you put the very air into our lungs each time we inhale and each time we exhale, we give it back to you from moment to moment. Help us look upon each other with boundless love because while your love is all sufficient, there is a deficit of love in human relationships and by this love we will not stray from your path but celebrate your image reflected in the faces of all of our beloved kinfolk, God. And if we needed any authority at all to ask all things from you, God, Jesus Christ told us that we could ask this from you in his name. And so we do. Thank you. We praise you. Amen.